Welcome to Intersectionality in the Diaspora. I'm Guada. Y Melodia. And this month we're discussing mental health in the diaspora. We'll explore topics ranging from self-care to validation and how these resources range in availability to our communities. So sit back, grab some cafecito or vinito, and welcome to the conversation. Hello to all our listeners today. We are so glad you're joining us for round three of Mental Health in the Diaspora. Mela and I will be discussing boundaries and their relation to emotional wellness. And I'll be very honest with y'all, this is an incredibly difficult subject for me to navigate because honestly, I'm new to the whole boundaries game. And even though the idea of it is not new, the practice is something that I'm learning to embrace every day. Uh, before we move forward, I want to do a quick content warning. Um, today, we will be discussing eating disorders, depression, and family dynamics and how they roll into our boundaries and our mental health. Um, so personally, I feel that boundaries are taboo in la cultura, as I've seen many of us raised in tight-knit households and in turn... There's a lot of dependency and support on one another to get through life together as a family. So let's take a moment and navigate what boundaries are and how they intersect with mental health and living within an immigrant household. So Melody, what are boundaries to you? <laughs> it's, a tough, it's a tough question as I uh, just learned about them myself. Um, I think boundaries are limits that I personally create to feel safe or have a safe environment. Um, I want to feel safe um, around people and not have them uh, set off my anxiety with words or actions. Mm. You know, um, I think about this all the time. Um, it's hard for me to, it was hard for me to communicate and still is about my eating disorder. Um, even though I saying it so freely now, but it's because I am with you. you know? <laughs> um, so there's a couple of people I, I have told about it. And one of my friends, dear friend of mine knew about it. And so I went to a bar one time uh, and I was wearing a flowy dress and another one of my friends said, you look so skinny in that dress. Um, and it was about to set off all these kinds of thoughts in my head. Um, and my friend stepped in, literally stepped in between me and that other friend that's made that comment. And he said, no, she looks beautiful. Um, that to me was just, you know, kind of, it just lifted me out of where I was going. Um, I was about to just kind of break down because that one single comment. Mm. So I, I, every time I think about boundaries, I imagine that moment. Mm. He became that literal barrier right kind of say nope and don't don't think about what she said 
And he just brought me back out of that, about those thoughts that were running through my head. Well, I, I think that's boundaries. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. What about you? You know, (laughs) Um, very simply boundaries to me are just like you said, it's what keeps me safe Mm -hmm. and it's what I have control of as well. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things that, like I said, I'm still learning about and I'm still trying to embrace them because they're hard. Boundaries are really hard. Um, in essence, it's a way of saying no. Yeah. And it's saying no to others so that you can put yourself first, which sounds selfish, right? That's and self- like it can be selfish. However, in the context of mental health and well being, like we can't always put others first. So being able to like put up boundaries, being able to establish my nose or, um, you know, create that line that divides what is best for me versus what is best for others is taking care of myself, making sure I'm healthy and I'm well so that I can keep helping other people. Yeah. Wow. Um, So what's one of your earliest memories of establishing boundaries? Oh, oh man, I think I was about, I'm, I'm about to turn 33. Um, just started establishing those boundaries, maybe at 29. Uh, lucky enough, and I say lucky because I have the means of you know, going to therapy. Mm. Um like I said before, I married someone who has bomb ass insurance or else I'd be effed out. Mm. Um, so I learned how to do it there. Uh, you know, in uh, my extended family is very tight knit. Um, a lot of actions of other people would set off my anxiety Mm. Um, with my eating disorder it's so hard to listen to someone constantly talking about figures um, you know as like the body um, Mm -hmm. plastic surgery all kinds of things like that so um, I didn't want to go to family parties but you know in the latinx culture it's and then families it's like you have to go um and my husband would say like well how's it gonna look how's it gonna look that you're not going with me so i would be forced to go so at therapy my doctor told me you don't have to go somewhere that you don't feel safe um, you know, even though he taught me all these exercises, like you have the right to say, I don't feel safe. This is 
setting off my anxiety. Um, so I learned to communicate with my husband and say, I can't make it over there. It's a toxic environment for me. You know, people don't know that um, I'm suffering from this. So they're just speaking what's on their mind, right? Mm-hmm. That's another thing. We have to learn how to communicate with people. And he would tell, my husband would say, like, well, it's because they, they don't know that you're suffering from this. Like, yeah, but I don't feel comfortable enough to say it. Mm-hmm. And still to this day, they don't know. So um, I think a couple of them, a couple of them know, but it, it's I still had to set those boundaries with him and he gets it now. But I had to communicate with him. I don't feel safe. I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. So now, I just we just kind of telepathically communicate, and he'll say, "Hey, um, I'm gonna go to this party." I'm okay. Um, would you like to go? Uh, and he'll he'll read me like a book, and I'm like, okay, I'll 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 be back in a couple hours. <laughs> yeah. So that I guess twenty nine. Wow. A couple years ago, yeah. Well, better late than never, right? <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Well, and it's one of those things, you know, you mentioned how that's, you know, like, if you, if there's a party somewhere, you have to go. Mm-hmm. There's no way you can't go. And, you know, I'm hoping that some of our listeners, especially our Latinx um, community or Central American community could relate to that, like, you know, being dragged to your tia's birthday party or, you know, the baptismo, who knows, and you have to go. You can't not be present because we are family and we have to be there for one another and we have to help each other out. Um, and, you know, that's always been my association of family is just ever present being ever present and always you know being the first to help and I have a really hard time saying no to people because that's how I was raised um if people need help I am happy to do it and it's really hard for me to say no um and I started realizing how draining and harmful that was to continuously say yes to others, but, you know, saying no to myself. And it got to the point where, oh, goodness, maybe about six or seven years ago, when I was still living in Houston, I was living, you know, in this small apartment across, this is this little apartment complex. And, um, you know, the neighbor across the way was an elderly woman who lived alone with her dog and her cat. And so I would check on her every now and then and just like make sure she was okay or come and spend time with her, you know. Um, and one day, I guess, I don't, I don't even remember like where I was at, like what I was into, but I just couldn't respond to her. And she flipped out like she text text messaged me so many nasty things one after another talking about how I'm a horrible person and how I'm not even worthy of her dog and just all of these awful things and then she 
comes to my front door and starts ringing the doorbell and yelling at me. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like, what is happening right now? All of this because I wasn't able to say yes to her. Wow. And, you know, I remember going into work and just being completely distraught. I couldn't even function. And my boss at the time was like, you know, what's wrong? So I told her what happened. And she's like, you really need to learn how to set boundaries. Oh. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what, what are is boundaries? <laughs> you know, what is that? <laughs> um, and so she literally gave me a book called Boundaries. Um, it's by some some doctor. I think it's his name is Stephen Cloud. Um, um, and, you know, I read that and I'm like, oh, Okay. Well, this explains a lot about why I'm stressed out all the time and why I'm always tired and why I don't feel like I have enough time for myself because I'm, I don't know how to say no. So I think it's like really easy to see like in that example and in your example too, how boundaries and mental health intersect I mean I don't need to tell you or maybe I do maybe some there are some people who would have experienced what I experienced you know crazy old lady like ringing your doorbell and sending you like really nasty text messages um and just laugh it off but I you know my mental health is so fragile like I literally broke down and cried I couldn't go to work I like it just really fucked me up you know, and like she lived right across the like the door right across from my door. So like if I was coming out, she could hear me. Mm-hmm. So it was to the point where I didn't want to leave my house. Um, and uh, it's really scary that you know I think about it now, and I think, man, if I had the strength and the courage to say no, like none of that would have happened. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like, it wasn't, in that case, it, you were not obligated. We're not obligated to do anything. It's hard because, but, and it's hard to realize that because we're raised that way. Mm-hmm. We see these examples, like our mo- mothers, you know, always saying yes to everything. Like my mom, she would say, still to this day, she does it all the time. Like, you don't have to go and help your comadre. You don't have to go do this and do that. Like, it's okay. And just just the other day, you know, I, you know, my, you know, with everything going on, my brother called me up and he um, asked if he could stay with me. Um, I said, no. I went, no, I, I'm honestly scared about everything going on. So um, I'm sorry. You can, but he understood Mm -hmm. that I get it. It's okay. If I would have had a negative reaction, I probably would have felt the same way as you. Uh, I guess it just has to do, do with how people take it as well. Right. Right. It's a reciprocal thing. Yeah. And that's how communication works in general, right? It's give and take. 
And it's also part relational. I mean, you have a strong relationship with your brother, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it's easy or it's easier perhaps to be open and transparent with him than it is with somebody at a party that you just met. Yeah. You know, um, and so that kind of leads me into our next question, you know, like, how do you communicate boundaries to people around you? Like, the people you know and love who understand what you're experiencing versus everybody on the outside. Like, yeah, it's, it's so hard for lack of a better word, right. Um, To communicate those boundaries to somebody, just like I said, okay, I I was able to communicate what was going on with me um, to my dear friend. Right. But I couldn't to another dear friend. Um, and I, I don't know the reason why. Um, still, to this day, I'm kind of like, she's one of my great friends, but I can't talk like I talk to you or talk to my parents. Right? Well, like, I can talk to my mom about everything going on, but I, I don't think I've ever said, you know, I have an eating disorder dad to him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or even my brothers. Yeah. You know, I Actually, I know my older brother, yes. I just told my younger brother about it. Um, he had no idea. <laughs> I think he had an idea, but, you know, as soon as you say it, it becomes real. Um, so there's just certain people that I can communicate with. Um, I don't know the reason. I have no idea why I can be... Uh, well, actually, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I I can, with my immediate family, I can be more open, but you're right. Like, uh, maybe my extended family can't do it. Um, or a friend or a stranger at a party, right? Um, but it takes a lot to communicate those boundaries to someone. My husband, it took, I've been with him for 15 years. It, it took maybe 10 years for me to, to say, hey, uh, I can't go to that party. I don't feel well, right? Mm. Um, but like you said, how's it gonna look? Now I'm at the point where like I don't give a f how's it how's it gonna look. I'm more worried about my well being. Right. Um. I guess maybe yeah. I just have. I guess you have to have that connection or just feel capable of opening up. Um, my friend the other day said that he sometimes feels um, that if he opens up to someone, that they sometimes don't get it and won't understand mm. what he's going through. So then if he opens up, he feels worse that they don't get it. Yeah. Um, and I said, I think it's all about empathy. I'm only able to open up to someone that I know has gone through this or something like what I'm going through. I don't know if you get what I mean. I I don't know. I I know I was able to open up with my mom because she had gone through things herself. No, I was able to open up to my dear friend because I know he was 
depressed. Doesn't that sound just horrible? <laughs> I, mean, I don't think it's horrible. I don't think it sounds horrible. I think it's normal and, you know, intuitive to reserve your trust for certain people. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of, you know, our survival. Um, and especially as people of color, especially as children of immigrants or from diaspora, like being in an unknown world and an unknown environments and wanting to keep yourself safe. Yeah. You know, like you can't, it's, you can't leave yourself vulnerable to just anybody. Yeah. Because, yeah, like what if they don't understand? Yeah. You know, and I think that, you know, there are, definitely some circumstances that are unique to people of color to children of immigrants to people living in diaspora that are you know completely different and non-existent for other cultures you know uh, yeah like you know a couple of things like set off my anxieties with things you know um that I feel strongly about. People will make um, those like comments that I'm not okay with. So I remember my husband's and I, I now I'm to the point where I'm able to leave. I'm like, oh, you said something that really hurt me or it mm -hmm. caused anxiety. So I'm able to leave now. I just get up and leave. But um, and then I complained to my husband about it. And then he said, well, why don't you tell them? Why don't you educate them? Like, oh, but I don't. It's not yeah. your job to. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I think that they should know that they shouldn't be saying those kinds of things. You know? um, but then at the same time, he's like, how is someone going to know how you feel unless you communicate it? Oh, interesting. That's a good point, right? <laughs> but it's hard to do it it's hard to like you said it's hard to say no it's hard to be like oh I don't feel comfortable with you Tia uh, let me get out of here mm -hmm. we're raised that way yeah mm -hmm. how about you when did how do you communicate those boundaries oh man <laughs> <laughs> um, for the most part I don't and that's my problem. Um, the whole concept of communication and like like verbal communication is still also very new to me. Um, I've been with my partner for like six or seven years and I'm only just now starting to talk to him. So <laughs> mm -hmm. um, that should give some insight to how um, closed off I am and how private mm -hmm. I am. Um, and so it takes a lot for me to be able to, you know, even share a portion of who I am. And I mean, Melody, I've known you like for over 20 years and there are still things about me that you're finding out, you know, because I just, it's not so much that I don't trust you. It's more that I don't feel safe vocalizing parts of my life because mm -hmm there are consequences to that. And 
you know, I'm learning how to better handle those situations when they arise because, you know, not everybody understands, like, you know, why I, you know, have to sit against the wall looking, you know, across the table or across the room at a restaurant so that I can see who's coming in and out, you know, like nobody, not a lot of people understand why I have to do that, you know, and I'm very insistent that I'm always sitting on that side because I need to know who is coming in and out Mm -hmm. Um, or how, you know, there are just some places that I won't go to by myself because I don't personally feel safe even though you know other people do it all the time people go walk nature trails by themselves all the time but as a woman of color as a person who has experienced assault and who has experienced harm from strangers like I am not comfortable walking by myself mm-hmm. certain places and actually all places yeah and that's a really hard thing for me to communicate like this is honestly this right now is the first time I've said those things out loud um and I'm learning how to say them to my partner without having to just you know pitch a fit and say no I don't want to go no I don't want to go like you know using my words and saying hey I don't want to go there by myself because I don't feel safe when I'm there without you, you know, and it's, and it's hard. It's so hard because I feel like our society has made it so that people who are sensitive to certain dynamics just can't be transparent about it because it makes you weak, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Gosh, yes, yes, they don't even cry, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, like, I got, like, really, this might sound really silly to some people, but, you know, I was hanging out with a friend of mine, and, you know, they Uh, called something ghetto, and I'm like, "Mm, can you please not use that word around me? You know, and, and they were just like, well, why not? Like, what's the big deal? Like, I'm like, oh, yeah. You know? And then like having that conversation about like, you know, how it connects with the Holocaust and how it connects with, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, communities of color and black communities, especially. And, you know, like, I just don't feel good about that word when it's used yeah. in that context. And, you know, and like one of the things they said was like, well, you know, it's just a word that people say for something that's not good. I'm like, yeah, well, as somebody who grew up in, quote, the ghetto, uh-huh. you're telling me that where I grew up wasn't good enough, that where I grew up was not, you know, ideal. And that hurts. Uh-huh. But how do you say that to somebody in the middle of a conversation? You know, like, you just shrug it off and say, okay, whatever, you know, change the subject. Gosh, that hurts even more. <laughs> oh man, like you're you're totally right because I remember even you know before I guess I set those boundaries with my husband too. I'd be like, no, 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 let's get out of here, you know. Um, and I wouldn't vocalize it. Hmm. Like if this is hurting me, um, 
not making me feel good. Um, and th- there was a couple of times I just, I think I mentioned that whole Vegas thing to you. You know, we were at a pool party and I wasn't mm-hmm. doing well. Um, said, hey, um, you know, but my husband's so loving and then he always makes, you know, lifts my spirits up and he, even though he makes me feel like, I don't know, it's good about myself. I'm always, you know, fitting down and I wasn't feeling good. So I set him aside and said, hey, uh, you know, I'm not feeling well. Come on, you stay here for a couple of moments. Like, yeah, let's stay here for an hour. That's it. But that's our communication, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was not feeling well, I'm like, hey, I'm not feeling well. Can we go? Yeah, let's go. We left. Um, but I feel like, oh, we can't, you know, before he was, you know, we can't leave. And so I had to communicate that stuff to him. And you're right. Like, I would, you know, quote, unquote, uh, you know, have a tantrum. <laughs> but we have to learn how to vocalize. Hey, I'm not feeling well. Yeah. Can I just leave? Can I just leave? Or no? Even my mom would tell me, you know, uh, why don't you just leave? <laughs> just leave. Get out of there. That's rude. You don't yeah. just leave. Uh, I'm leaving now. <laughs> <laughs> and there's been many times mm-hmm. that I like now. I've I've done that. Um, I've just left. Like uh, and I don't care anymore. Mm. don't care my well-being is you know so much more important to me than um my reputation or like you know what uh, la cuñada y la suegra think of me mm. they don't know what's going on with me right I don't care anymore and that was very very difficult for me to accept it's so hard for you to say no. Now it's like deuces. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. You just can't do it. And then, you know, like you and I have those conversations, right? Like, oh that I don't like that word. Uh okay, I'm like, all right. So I'm, well, I'm like, okay, I, I I'm sensitive to that. Right. Mm-hmm. So I won't say it again. And then like we go back to it. I think it just depends on the person you're talking to, right? Right. Because you feel comfortable enough to tell me those things. Um, and then there are the situations in which you don't feel comfortable saying those things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in my case, what happens is I grow even more uncomfortable. I get even more anxious. And then I start you know forming thoughts and opinions about the situation and and how it's just a bad situation and then I can't enjoy it at all and you know it's a terrible path to go down and it can be prevented by you know speaking your truth and naming that you know hey this is an issue for me and I would appreciate if you could respect how it makes me feel and you know change the conversation or change the way that we engage with this mm-hmm. you know which can be a lot for some people honestly like i i've had and i've been in conversations where even though i've like very kindly and transparently have made my, you know how i feel known 
it's been disregarded, you know, and that's hard, you know, because it's like, okay, I'm building up all of this strength, all of this courage to speak my truth and to say, hey, this is what I feel when this happens. Would you please reconsider how you do that or say that? (laughs) You know, and then having people like, just like, you know, shrug it off and be like, what the fuck, dude, stop being such a little bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that's a lot. Like, it's, well, I'm going to talk about my family, right? This is one example of these boundaries. When I first became vegetarian, it was like, Tia, I'm vegetarian. I'm no longer eating meat. Okay. And still put meat on your plate, right? Like, so, gosh it's like these people just you know some people just don't care oh bad. it's like they, they just disregard everything you say and there's going to be people like that and now that you said that I'm like man I, I I struggled through all that every single thing that you said like oh you make these situations up in your head I would do the same thing too and I remember just being so miserable and like I wouldn't be able to get out of that space, right? And now I can do that. What changed? Maybe the therapy, or maybe just confidence in myself to say it. Mm. I, I I wouldn't tell you what. Like I couldn't pinpoint what exactly. I was it changed me. It was I was exactly at that point and. You know, I felt uh, I'm just lost. Mm. Yeah. But now I know I can say, hey, your the words hurt me. Mm-hmm. There's always gonna be some people that say, Oh, just like that, oh you're you're being a loser. <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay, well at least I got it out there, right? Yeah. Now I <laughs> my husband will say that he's like I like that about you because you just don't you just don't let people um you know certain people just get you down I'm like yeah but I worked hard for me to get to this point right like mm. let's remember me a couple years back I wasn't like this uh it's all about that communication it's so hard to do it And I think it's one of those things that comes with time and with experience, like growing into yourself and learning what works and what doesn't work for you. Because, you know, not all of us have access to a therapist who can help guide us through that. And not all of us have a partner that we can, you know, safely connect with. So it's one of those things where we have to really just learn ourselves like what brings what makes us who we are and what breaks us down and how can we minimize those breakdowns right like what do I need to say or do to make sure that I am safe as I'm navigating through this world whether it's just me as a Salvadoreña or me as somebody with PTSD or me as some as just a woman you know living in this patriarchal world like what do I need to know about myself that can help me 
and heal me throughout my journey in life. Yes, that that that's you know that's exactly it. I had to learn. You know, just to love myself and know what would make me heal so that I could even communicate that to my partner. Mm. Right? It's like I had to really just see what set me off. Like, okay, this is not making me feel well. I got to vocalize it to someone that I feel comfortable saying it to. Mm. Um, but I have never, it, it hasn't always been this way. Right. Of course not. Especially when, I mean, I speak for myself. I don't like generalizing for everybody, but you know, like it's hard for me because I grew up saying yes to everybody Mm. all the time. Like, yeah, I'll take care of your kids. Yeah. I'll go wash the dishes. Yeah. I'll, you know, whatever. (laughs) And you know, that sticks with you. (laughs) It's like part of who I am. Like, I feel like you know, I am a very giving person. It's because I want to, and it's because it's what I know how to do. Um, and so, like, getting to the point where I could finally say, like, no, I. it's not that I don't want to do that. It's that I can't do that right now because I am, you know, dealing with over here that nobody else knows about. And nobody really needs don't to Don't hear you anymore. Nobody needs to know about it, you know? (laughs) Like, that's the thing about boundaries, right? Boundaries are for you, not for anybody else. And there's this amazing, super simple Brene Brown quote um, that says, daring to set boundaries is about having the courage to love ourselves even when we risk disappointing others. Oh! I know, right? Um, (laughs) but like really and truly boundaries are not about others it's about yourself because at the end of the day if you cannot take care of yourself how can you take care of others yes and it goes back to our earlier conversation about how my mom would say si tu estas bien yo estoy bien right like uh, but but then that's also a big like burden on us like i have to be good so you can be good, right? It's very, yeah, it's an endless cycle, isn't it's, it? What is it called? Like, entre la espada y la pared. Like, you're just like, oh, yeah. shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, again, that's where that resistance to say no comes from, mm-hmm. right? Because, like, well, if my mom has to be well, then I have to make sure she has to be well. And, you know, for me, that meant, you know, dropping out of high school so I can take care of her and she can be healthy. And, you know, like, the things that you least expect end up happening because you don't realize until after it's happened, like, the consequences of not putting yourself and your well-being first, you know? yeah and I think that's another consequence of boundaries like I think the most hurtful part about boundaries and it's you know double-sided coin Mm -hmm. is that how you say is that the expression I hope so um (laughs) you know 
once you start establishing boundaries and you start prioritizing yourself and your well-being, it changes things for you. It changes relationships. It changes spaces. It changes perceptions. And that's a whole other thing to navigate, right? Like, oh, people thinking that, like, oh, she's just such a bitch. She doesn't, like, you know, hang out with anybody. Or, you know, like, oh, she just never talks to anybody at the party because she's just so fucking self-centered. Whatever. She doesn't like like people coming over to her house. (laughs) Yeah. 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 All of that. Like, whatever perception that people outside of your boundaries don't see don't understand like that hurts Mm -hmm. and even though it hurts it is still so much more important to keep those boundaries up and keep you safe from that hurt yes jeez very very well said i i sure have gotten all those things that you said (laughs) all the time and I've heard him about other people as well and then I start thinking to myself hmm they probably are going through something that I'm going through empathy right you have that like don't start talking bad about them they're probably going something through they're going through something that you don't understand um right but you're right who gives a heck what my tia says what my you know cuñada what my i don't know tatarabuela says um i i'm taking care of myself Mm -hmm. of course it changes relationships for you for better or worse right yeah Uh, and and i think that's like the other part right it's like the beautiful thing about boundaries is that if people really love you and care about you, they're not going to get upset about them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because it's not about them. It's about you mm-hmm. and what is good for you. Yeah. So like if the boundary is something as simple as I'm not going to go to the, you know, carne asada every Sunday and see my family because it is a toxic environment for me. Mm-hmm. You know, or that's something like, you know what, I'm not going to use, you know, this word Mm -hmm. because I know it hurts somebody else when I use it. Like, it's not, it's about being there for each other and being there to support one another and recognizing that in order to do that, there has to be compromise. Uh, man a heavy uh, uh, heavy topic (laughs) such a little word but a heavy topic right boundaries are hard (laughs) boundaries are really hard and again coming from a family where we are all like you know, codependent and mm-hmm. of support for one another, like, it's really hard to say no. Yeah. And, you know, like, how do you, like, if somebody, gosh, I don't even want to use my family as an example. So yeah, it's, it's really hard for me because I just know, like, I can tell you so many different instances in which 
I was taken advantage of by my family because I didn't set up boundaries. And I didn't know that then, but I know that now. And, you know, it's one of the reasons why I'm very protective of myself and of what I say and how I present myself. You know, it's because I need to be safe. If I want to exist in this world, I need to make sure that I am well taken care of and I am safe. And that's what's more important, right? You, mm-hmm. your well-being. So I always tell people, like, real talk. At the end of the day, you are all you have. And you need to put yourself first. Exactly. That's a really hard lesson to learn, let me tell you. Because I learned that lesson the hard way. Yeah. So. I hope. I I just hope that if you're going through it, this uh, chat helped you out a little bit or a lot. And we're here for y'all. You know, we're here to listen. We're here to support. And I just want to thank everybody for joining us today. And we will see y'all. We'll not see y'all. We'll, <laughs> talk to y'all. we'll be on the what do we say? The same channel, same time. Same place, same time, same place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. DM us about the boundaries. Um I can give you a little bit of information while you know through my experiences. Let us connect. Mm-hmm. And with that. Friends, we are signing off. Adios. Thank you again for joining us today. Follow us on Instagram for updates and more on intersectionality underscore in underscore diaspora. We leave you with the words of the great Audre Lorde. I have come to believe over and over again that what is most important to me must be spoken, made verbal, and shared even at the risk of having it bruised or misunderstood. With love, gratitude, and hope, Clara and Melo signing off.